Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Seventh of March, two thousand twelve, for Skeptic Wire number forty-eight. Yay! Yay! We're nearly a year old. I'm this year's old, almost. Um, birthdays, other than the Oreo, or was that going to be your birthday? No, I didn't know the Oreo was born Oreo. today. Oreo is one hundred years old. old today. What? What kind of uterus did that come out of? A tasty one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, the mommy Oreo and the daddy <laughs> got together, and they liked each other a whole oh, lot. And then they laid, and they rolled around in the hay for a little bit. And they kissed. <laughs> and they kissed. But did Adam Oreo and Eve Oreo have belly buttons? Do Oreos even have those little dots? I don't think they do. No. no they've, got, they've got Oreos a design. Don't. They've got like 50 dots all over them. No, no, those are just indentations. You're thinking about the Girl Scout cookies. That Ooh. hotbed of activism and lesbianism. <laughs> hey, that's later in the art. That's later in the show. Oh, right. But they're also course. they fight back. There was that story about those Texas Girl Scouts. Someone stole their Girl Scout cookie money, and the Girl Scouts went after them. Awesome. Kicked their ass. Yeah. Awesome. But that but, has nothing to do with birthdays today. No, no, it doesn't. So you're not going to say that Oreos are 100 years old. You are going to say... That someone... Are you going to ask us again? Do you want me to just go ahead and say who Genghis is? Khan! No. Humphrey Bogart? Born Frank, Frank Zappa. March 7th, 1844. Gordon Liddy? No. Lizzie Borden? Um, Jesse Ventura? Here's a hint. He uh, ori- he originated the New York Society for Suppression of Vice. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, bugger. You almost got it. Uh, what, bugger? No. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, right. the Vice. Um, I don't know. Here's another hint. The Comstock Laws are n- named after him. Is that C-U-M? <laughs> no. I was going to say, if he has that much, wow. You can find all the Comstock laws on adamandeve.com. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. How many minutes into the show are we? Uh, four. <laughs> anyway, so who are we talking about? Uh, born March 7th, 1844, Anthony Comstock. He was born in Connecticut. He... Fought in the uh, Civil War uh, for the Union, so he's with the good guys, despite what the people here in Texas may think. Um, and that, Are those in the right and early on, he was uh, fairly activist about morality. So one of the kind of things is he objected to his superior officers about the profanity that his fellow soldiers used. <laughs> Fuck him. Yes. <laughs> pretty sure that's what the fellow soldiers said as well. Yes, pretty much. So he tried to legislate morality. Oh, yes. And that worked, didn't it? Uh, very much Imagine so. Imagine what Dan Savage could have done with the word Comstock. <laughs> well, it's C-O-M-S-T-O-C-K. Comstock. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can find all of the Comstock laws on Adam <laughs> <laughs> 
But in, it, best best known for in 1873 creating the New York Society for the Suppression of Vice, an institution dedicated to supervising the morality of the public, hmm. and also worked uh, later in that year to um, basically make the federal laws about post office. Post Office Act. Yes. Which made it illegal to send pornography through the mail. Obscene, lewd, and or lascivious material through the mail, including things like contraceptive devices or information about contraceptive devices, sometimes anatomy textbooks. Don't, don't we have that? that have I think those laws are still on the books here in Texas. A, a lot of them are. <laughs> I'm sure though all that stuff with Which Playboy is why and... we only get our stuff from anatomy.com through UPS. <laughs> right. In the plain brown wrapper. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so, delivered by plain brown people wrapped in plain brown clothes. Driving a plain brown truck. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, uh, you know, he was born today and he uh, died September 21st, 1915. But um, the laws that are named after him are still on the books, still affecting a lot of people. And obviously, we know by our modern mindset of what's going on in, say, the certain political race for president this year, that there's still a lot of thought about what people think is lewd and lascivious and what is objectionable. So I thought it... <coughs> Tore him! Oh, sorry. Yeah, kind of timely <laughs> that uh, to talk about um, Anthony Comstock, who was born today. But is no longer alive. But lives on through no. his lascivious laws. Yes. But Basically, he lives on through his plates. <laughs> he was a Victorian prick. Okay. Come to think of it, Comstock was probably... Um, Somewhere held in New York, wasn't it? Uh, about the same time as Woodstock. Okay. <laughs> but a bum. Wow. Okay. Speaking about milk, if dear listeners, you recall last week we had almost an entire episode on uh, talking about the raw milk controversy. It may benefits or it may not benefits. And NPR this last week had a little bit on it as well. Uh, and they said, and I'm totally shocked by this, raw milk proponents don't trust health officials. <gasps> oh my really? goodness. I know. It said only about 7% of the people who drink raw milk trust the health officials' recommendations. And that means 93% think that uh, the FDA, FDA is out to kill them. Right. There's okay. a whole now, that's an exaggeration. They don't really think that. But there is a huge conspiracy behind... Uh, or sorry, there's a, the thought of a conspiracy behind people them banning raw milk. And all you have to do is look at what happened before they banned it and what happened after they started pasteurizing and realize that it helped a shitload of people. Right. Uh, there's a lot of conspiracy nuttery and a lot of anti-big pharma amongst yeah. raw milk people. Right, because so, it goes to the paleo diets and, or paleo diets. The and, naturalistic fallacy and all right. that. Yeah. yeah. Raw foods. So, so that's on NPR.com? Yeah, uh, NPR.org, in fact. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and it, you know, it just kind of makes me just want to throw up. And speaking about throwing up, the sun threw up on, on us <laughs> a couple of days ago and threw up a big old a couple of uh, coronal mass ejections, uh, actually some solar flares. Uh, they had an X1 followed almost immediately by an X5, which is five times... Bigger and greater. <laughs> More powerful. More powerful. <clears throat> and so that's just flinging crap at us. So we're going to have some pretty good uh, uh, auroras up there. Uh, 
they may come down. They're saying that uh, a couple of weeks ago, we people in gosh uh, Kansas, I think. Gosh, could, Kansas. Yeah, that's a place. Yes, pe- people people in Kansas could kind of make out some of the uh, auroras from the north. Uh, people in Colorado, I think, could too. That. That could see that didn't so have this isn't going to cause the 2012 world ending. No, and it doesn't doesn't seem like people this is going to come down. The auroras are going to, going to come down that far because not enough junk was ejected. But it's possible that it could cause some problems with communications, planes, satellites, satellites, uh, uh, international space station, and stuff like that. But um, so it, it is pointed towards us. Yes. But not, but not dangerously so. Not, we'll catch di- the edge not of it. directly at us. Okay. So we're going to catch the edge. We're going. I think we're moving into it. Okay. So listeners at home, go into your shower, turn on the shower, and then slowly put your face into the water of the shower. That's what we're doing. The entire Earth is doing towards the coronal mass ejection. Right. Now, the the uh, Christian Science Monitor, uh, csmonitor.com, which is actually, it has Christian Science in there, but it's a pretty good newspaper overall. They're, they're actually kind of balanced, and they do pretty good reporting. Um, they have a video of all of the SDO, that's the uh, uh, Solar Dynamics Observatory, which are orbiting around the sun and taking really, really, really cool pictures and also giving us heads up on what's happening on the sun. Um, they took a whole bunch of these pictures and and put them together into a YouTube video. Uh, so we'll have that in the show notes. So you can go and check it out. And there's a, the, the X five is really cool to watch because it, it nearly blinds. It's, it's not pointing directly at one of the satellites, but nearly blinds it. And you see this huge shockwave just go all the way across the sun. And the sun is a million times larger per volume than earth. Right. right. You can fit a million Earths inside. So of the, the, sun. the shock waves ripple across the liquidy surface yeah. of, of the sun. The plasmatic surface. Yes, that's true. Well, just to add in some, since we're talking about the coronal flares and injections and all of that jazz, um, San Antonio just recently came in the news for some oh, astronomical yeah. goodness, I guess is the way you want to put it. Be- besides, besides the, uh, the um, planetarium shutting down for a year. Right. That's a good well, thing? <laughs> no, no, Los- no, no. It is because they're building a new one. Okay. Right. The Lozano, Obs- Lozano Observatory. <laughs> We're just having a great time today. <laughs> With the help of the San Antonio and Austin Astronomical Associations, were able to make contact from here on Earth to the International Space Station. They basically took two lights and a blue laser and... Um, Astronaut Don Pettit on board the International Space Station took a picture of it. It's the first time that it's been done. So congratulations, to San Antonio and Austin Astronomical Associations. Absolutely. That, yeah, uh, I think there's a picture. Online, yes, there is a see. picture. It's basically on... all of them mooning the space station with um, <clears throat> their asses in day globe blue or something. I don't know. So, what? <laughs> Next stop, the Klingon homeworld. <laughs> but we'll post we'll post those links so people can go and. See that we have good science in San Antonio. <laughs> yes, we do. In spite of the fact that one of our uh, State Board of Education people is a uh, creationist. Just one? Uh, the <laughs> one from my district, in fact. Yay. I voted uh, for real science. The other Apparently person. 66% of uh, my area decided to vote for someone who's an imbecile. 
<laughs> or at least in that area. I don't know. They could be a very intelligent person, except for that portion. Probably not, though. Okay. Um, well, that brings us to our next topic. Uh, there was some graffiti. <laughs> speaking speaking of mooning the space station, uh, there was some graffiti or some vandalism <laughs> done to to a billboard somewhere. Right. Yeah, Harrisburg, okay. Pennsylvania, I believe. See, I'm getting these segue things down. Oh, sure, you keep believing that. <laughs> I will. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. <laughs> so Look it up. <laughs> in, in, in January, the um, Senate and, and House or whatever of Pennsylvania decided to declare 2012 the year of the Bible. Amen. Oh, that's going to get annoying quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. Don't so American it. atheists, uh, along with some local organizations put up a billboard that basically says slaves obey your masters, which is a quote from Colossians. Col- Colossians. Colossians. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's something you wore over your shoes when it rains. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's where the name comes from. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been distorted through the years. <laughs> so anyway, the, the quote slaves obey your masters is followed by the lesson in bronze age ethics brought to you by the year of the Bible and the house of representatives. And it's got a um, basically an ink and paper type drawing of uh, someone in a slavery collar that's got hooks on it so that you can't run or move or whatever. Um, so first of all, it was intended to piss people off, and it has in several <laughs> ways. Um, first of all, today I think it was, or the day, or yesterday, someone ripped off the bottom half of this billboard. From its yeah, location. I saw that. The uh, Christians need to get get taller vandals. <laughs> yeah, the, pro- the problem <laughs> is that they chose a billboard site that was 10 feet off the ground. Really easy to get at yeah. for vandals. So that's unfortunate. But the, the th- Next the, to the, a parking lot. The funny thing is, is that they left the Bible quote, Slaves Obey Your Masters, and, and the, that, the, In the, face. the Colossians 33.22. Uh, right. Uh, and the top of the face, I, like you said, they just couldn't reach that top portion. Right. All they did was rip off the bottom part that said American Atheists and brought to you by. And the snarky part, which was, um, this was brought to you by your House of Representatives, who still thinks in the Bronze Age. Right. So it, it's it's one of those things where, as unfortunate as it is, the vandalism on this billboard has brought it even more press. Which points again to the fact that you've got these these legislatures that insist that we have to f- spend a lot of time focusing on the Bible as opposed to doing their job and trying to help create jobs and legislate and keep rule and law and order and, you know, not worry about something that people want to do in church. Right. Now, why would they want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> so there's that that happened today, which was the vandalism, but also... Um, there have been a lot of people who have gotten really pissed off about the fact that the picture on... Well, I'm not sure about the, the what they got pissed off, but there are a lot oh. of people using the, the the accusation that it's a racist billboard. Right. So, um, you know, part of me thinks, well, is it just the picture that they used, which is kind of a 200-year-old looking, like I said, kind of etching of an African-American person with the slavery collar on? 
Right, and and really, how <clears throat> is that really racist? Is is the question? Because yeah. uh, that was one of the verses used to support slavery, the black slavery in the United States, which was the point of the billboard. Right. So was it just that? Is there a, a, an actual valid criticism of this billboard? Is it in any way racist? Because the um, Brian Fields, the president of uh, Pennsylvania Nonbelievers, did issue a kind of apology in that saying, you know, talking about how the Bible was not really as, memor- as moral as the House of Representatives would like you to think it is. That was the whole point of the billboard. Right. And he apologized if there was any misunderstanding of it, which is kind of a non-apology. But, but well, the fact it's, is, it's that, more of a non-apology, uh, more of an apology than uh, Rush Limbaugh's. So. Yes, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about Rush Limbaugh. It's yeah. a completely separate issue. So, I mean, I, the question I have: how how could they change this billboard so it was would be immune from? racism comments or is well, it just a way to attack the billboard it's without, a way to attack the billboard without it, without criticizing yeah, it, it, the actual throw message. The race card well it's a case of what people are, are complaining about what i've read and i'm i'm looking at one specific blog right now that says basically that atheists need to appropriate their own language for their own battles that they are appropriating slavery and they're appropriating the term coming out and that basically these words are reserved for those communities. I don't agree with it. What? No, <laughs> they're well, using, they're using the, the word okay. slavery means slavery. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't get around <laughs> slaves, obey your masters. You can't get around that. It's in the Bible. It's part of the thing that supported the use of slavery. There was the instructions on how to sell your daughter into slavery. Right. That was or, or, Jesus I, talking about be a slave to God like your woman should be a slave to you or whatever the hell the quote is. And there's a lot of, well, they're attacking a Bible. It's an inanimate object, blah, 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 blah. All of it. It's, they're, what? But they're attacking an idea. Yeah, exactly. No, I... I know. You're throwing them up. Um, I'm hitting them. <laughs> Good. I'm I'm glad because as I read these comments right now, I'm yeah. It's it's the the Christian hegemony is just reeking right now. So it's basically a coming from the position of assumed privilege. Yes, and not getting the idea of what the billboard is really about on yeah. these blog yeah. comments. It sounds like. Well, it's it's. They're it's not an, thinking about what it, the billboard says. Right. They're looking mm-hmm. at a picture saying that the picture is racist. And of itself, it could possibly, but it depends on how it's used. Because mm-hmm. historically, they didn't they didn't make up this picture. This picture was it's been taken around. taken yeah. from someplace else. Right. You know, so they didn't they didn't design this to to be mm-hmm. like that. They're like, this is historical. We'll use a historical right. picture and- with a historical quote. And, and we're going with that. So people are looking a very they're very surface oriented. So they're just looking at oh that picture is racist. Well, okay. So it's using the N word unless you're using it in a different kind of context. And if I'm not going to use it here. If you're talking <laughs> about the word in the context of say Huckleberry Finn, right, where the character's name is Nigger Jim, right. Exactly. There's nothing. There's no reason racist. to change up to Robot Jim. 
<laughs> or African American gym. Yeah, there was, or, yeah, or there was Americanized gym. Or yeah, there was some movement or last year to change it to slave gym or something like that. Or but so someone responded yeah, yeah. to that by publishing a version of the book that replaced uh, the word nigger with the word robot. <laughs> okay, see that that I think is cool. Yes. <laughs> But but censoring something that and taking it out of, out of the context in which it was written um, serves nobody. Why? Well, okay, you, you lose the context and you and you lose the 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 force of the words. I mean, Mark Twain didn't just write this down in three minutes. He wrote it. You know, he went through a couple of drafts. He he wanted those words in there. And a I'm, lot of the book was about the conditions that this character Jim yeah. had gone through. Right. I'm honestly wondering if these people would be bitching if it didn't have the graphic. That if it was yeah. just the quote. But well, probably. Yeah, my, my thought was if they had uh, just a picture of a foot or a hand with a shackle on it. And that is that is an image that, connote, that denotes slavery. Okay, would that be still be called racist? Well, they because could... they're talking about slavery, which is very associated with African Americans in this country. Or Would that could, be enough to get their goat up? Or what, what about showing somebody being arrested? <laughs> but that's not slavery. No, but it says slaves obey your masters. So if you if you show someone like who's from the Occupy movement getting arrested by the police, that that can that is a okay. person obeying their master, right? Or show that the guy who is pepper spraying. You know, true, but I think that gets away from the slavery gets, part of it. Well, it gets it gets away from the actual meaning of the term, uh, the literalistic meaning of the mm-hmm. term, and goes more into a philosophical. What if they had used view? a picture of Russell Crowe from that Gladiator movie? <laughs> okay, he sure. was a slave. Yes, <laughs> but but he was a cool slave. <laughs> Well, that makes it all better. Yeah, I mean, he, he died. He died coolly, so it's fine. Yeah. So what we really <laughs> we really got off the yeah off the topic. So it, it looks like we've got one kerfuffle over the content of the billboard and people not reading the actual billboard. They're just getting the surface content Very much and so finding fine. a reason to be pissy without actually responding to the content of the billboard. Right. The reason why it was produced. And then a, a bunch of jackasses, we don't know if they're Christian or not, ripping apart the billboard because they can't respond to it intellectually. All they can do is destroy it. Is destroy, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, these are the same people who, who you know, shout about the Second Amendment all the time. And once again, like we <laughs> talked about last week, it really doesn't matter what an atheist says. No, because... Uh, because le- it's the minute that somebody sees the word atheist... Somebody's gonna bitch. Well, sure, because uh, yeah. er- earlier in the week, um, oh, curse, hold on. Oh, the Hebrew one that no, got no, not, refused to be put up. The one that was refused to be put up, which just said atheist. Well, there was that one, but also there's a new one. There's a new one. American atheist Hebrew. Right. We're putting up ones in Hebrew, and the owner of the building refused to allow the billboard workers to come in and put it up. And it has been relocated. Yeah. So the the mere now it, the the content of those billboards is um, in English it says you know it's a myth dot 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 and you have a choice 
but there's also there's a version in Hebrew that repeats that in Hebrew below the English, and then a version in I believe it's probably Farsi that has it in the Arabic writing for you know that they would put in Islamic and Jewish neighborhoods. But so they they're putting up these billboards, which is again the the usual kind of American atheist confrontational billboard that's designed to provoke a reaction. Right. And in some ways the the fact that this Jewish person decided to get all bigoty on um the billboard asses I don't know how that sentence made any sense. <laughs> it brings more publicity to Sure, which is that and the that's, billboard that's campaign. the whole point of that doing a billboard. It's not really to get people to think, it's to get the get the word out that there are groups. Yes. There's you get well in the long run to get people to think. But first you want that visceral reaction, which is good. This is exactly yeah. what's happening. But I mean, I'm talking about the the county of Lackawanna transit system, Pennsylvania. All it said was atheists, period. And then the NEPA, name of the organizations. Uh, Free Thought Society and American Atheist.org. That's not offensive at all. It's just a statement. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they w- wouldn't let it go up. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a long way to go. And unfortunately, you, the, I can't remember the, the specific article. It was probably on Friendly Atheist talking about um, talking about the, the reason rally that's coming up in a couple weeks. Two that, weeks. Woo. That uh, all of us skeptic wire folks are going to be going to. I'm going. I just bought my ticket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I I wait till last minute. <laughs> the, that this this writer basically didn't understand why atheists needed to have a rally. We're not apparently not oppressed. You know, no one bothers us. <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I there's can't, no I reason can't tell anybody let's, I'm an atheist because... Uh, let's talk to Damon Fowler and Jessica Alquist about that one. That was exactly the point that Hemameta said, uh, that... Who? <laughs> wow. You know, the girl from Rhode Island and another dude. Yeah. Who was the other dude? Damon Fowler was a, was a young man, I think, in Mississippi or Louisiana... He's an old man now. Well, he complained about the use of prayer at his high school graduation ceremony and just saying, hey, this is illegal, can't really do it. He was essentially run out of town. He ended up having to leave. His parents have disowned him. He's now living in Dallas with his brother attending college in in Dallas. And thanks to him not made a a friendly atheist, they did get him some money to kind of get on his feet and start going to college. And Jessica Alquist also has enough money now to pay for any college she wants to go to. So these are these are these are high school kids who are uh, just standing up to not have to say a prayer and to keep prayer from being shoved down everybody's throat. Um, it's weird to me that that the Jewish or Islamic people don't, but they've. And it, it, it's not weird, I suppose, but. It's odd that they don't stand up as well. And right. I suppose because they know what the reaction is going to be, because they've had this little bit more time. Uh, so they've had they've had a little bit more time and a couple of more decades of oppression um, in our country. Whereas, of course, Christians in Iraq and, Af- and Kuwait and Saudi Arabia keep their heads down, too, because they're just as likely to be hit with Get them right. knocked off. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the main reason I think that... Um... Islamic people or Jewish people 
don't fight these fights as much as maybe the atheists do is they're still on the side of religion is good. Well, yeah. And, you know, belief in a higher power is important as even if it's not our higher power, at least you believe in a god, you just don't right. see at him or her it right. Yeah. You're a little bit mistaken where those atheists, they're horrible. <laughs> and immoral. So if they fight another group having public prayer, that means that they're almost fighting themselves on in a, a little bit, yeah. In a little tangential. They will way. never be they'll never be asked to do the benediction. Or invocation. No. Or convocation. Um, or when on. they are, they get booed down by the Christians. I did the invocation at my very Catholic high school graduation because I was the second in my class. And were you an atheist at the time? Pretty much. Were you an outspoken atheist at the time? No. But my my prayer was very... Um, Secular? Yeah. <laughs> but did you mention Jesus or nope. God? Nope. Okay. Okay. There you go. So, so what does atheist billboards have to do with apes? Sorry, not even apes. Chimpanzees. Technically not chimpanzees. Bonobos. 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 Anyway, it's primate sexy time on the Skeptic Wire podcast. It's primate sexy time. Recent news um, come out. Several places have um, posted about a, a recent paper that's come out about how lesbian bonobos, and I shouldn't even say lesbian bonobos because bonobos are more of a pansexual creature. Are you saying that uh, all of them are bisexual? Pretty much. <laughs> um, well, we don't want to go all the way back to our first live show on that one. Well, this this is what I'm going to say about bonobos. If if there is a hole, they will fuck it. Hands, they'll just. Well, no. If it's if it's a hole, they don't do oral sex, do they? They do uh, genital genital rubbing. That right, but you said if there's a hole, they'll fuck it. That's different. Anyway, continue. This conversation has taken a disturbing turn. <laughs> um, this this paper that has come out about bonobos says basically that uh, female bonobos will, um, how shall we say, make more excited calls when they are servicing. I guess that's the nice way to put it. Having sex with. Yeah. Having sex with yeah, a... Yeah, why do you have to make it all lascivious-like? You don't need euphemisms <laughs> on this podcast. It's like it's like they're, they're walking around with, with you know, kiwis in their hand and, and go, okay, <laughs> I don't know why they have kiwis, but bananas in their hand. They're like, hey, for a good time, I got a banana. No, they're just... So when a, when a lower More status... female, because bonobos are a more egalitarian, actually more female-centered society... When they either have sex with a higher-ranking female, or if they are having sex with a higher-ranking female, essentially in the audience. Yes. <laughs> they their their calls are louder and longer, and it actually has nothing to do with the amount of time or how well they've gotten off. Right. They're just saying, "Hey, look at me!" Basically, hey, they are. Look at me. They are the high school cheerleaders. 
Oh, that was more like you know those those pictures you get at like Space Mountain. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, or the log flume. Well, like That's I said, a little though, bit more I mean, appropriate. Lesbian, or like, I should say les. Like I said, I just keep looking at the board and seeing the word lesbian, all nice and big right there. Um, bonobos do use sex to sort of relieve tensions. Um, chimpanzees... They do it for almost everything. Right. Chimpanzees use power to resolve issues of sex. Bonobos use sex to resolve power issues. And I believe that's a quote from France DeWald. Right. I hope, I hope that is. Um, but, you know, it's... There is this this whole there is I mean a massive amount of literature on bonobo sex life, which is actually surprising because bonobos really weren't studied until the mid seventies. And now they're endangered, aren't they? They are severely endangered. It is estimated there's only between ten to twenty thousand actually left in existence because their home range area is very small in the Congo area of Africa, which as we know has massive conflicts going on right now. Um, in addition, they are a folivorous Folivorous? Leaf eating. Okay. Could you say, okay. No, I can't. Leaf eating. Yes, you can. You just did. (laughs) That's because you gave me a look that went, what? I don't know what a folivorous. Yeah, folivorous is leaf eating. Frugivorous is, um, fruit eating. So a lot of their, um, their resources have been diminished. Hey, it's an anthropologist. I actually... I just kind of... Okay, children. <laughs> um, like I said, a lot of their... their There'll be a test later. <laughs> ...resources have been um, in decline. Encroached upon. Encroached upon. That's a better way of actually saying what I was trying to say. I will try and translate for our... Uh... <laughs> um, <laughs> Your garden hose is stuck in my microwave. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, they really weren't studied until the Japanese came into the Wamba Valley in the seventies. Whereas chimpanzee studies have been going on for since I guess even the forties and fifties. Hmm. Because they they knew about them, they knew where they were. Right, and in fact, when bonobos were first discovered, they were actually thought to be basically dwarf chimpanzees, and so everybody just kind of, you know, blew them off. But they're very different, and they're actually. A lot more similar to us in some ways, especially in their sexual ways, than chimpanzees are. Except for their sexual ways, depending on which portion of society you're in. I mean, because, you know, when we get in an argument, you know, and I win, as is normal, you don't come over and... (laughs) Where are you going with this, Gary? Not saying. (laughs) That's a lovely shade of red you're turning. Is it? But... (laughs) <laughs> uh, actually, bonobo sex studies have shown that for the longest time, they thought that animal copulation was strictly in the... Procreative. Well, no, not just in the procreative, but in the um, <laughs> doggy style. Oh, And bonobos right. are the first ones that will do actual, that have been seen to do face-to-face That's right. missionary style... Sex. And there's even yeah. pictures of it on the internet. Yes. But, but they've also found some other animals. That, right. But that, this that was. A... But that, that was the first one where they do it 
regularly. It's right. not it's not some sort of fluky thing that you know the frog managed to get the other frog on its back and said, <laughs> "Screw this, I'm going for it." <laughs> but well, there are a lot more similarities between bonobos and humans, not just positions, because also. <laughs> They right, they use sutra. No, well, the <laughs> bonobos use sex in a in a multidimensional fashion. Um, they use it to ease tensions of for food competition, bonding, play. Oh, I see dimensions. Okay. And there's there's the kind of thing where if you compare the ratio of how many copulations to how many births, you know, you have chimpi, chimp, eh, chimpanzees and gorillas very. Uh, power struggle kind of apes. They have very few copulations per um, birth, whereas bonobos and humans have a lot more copulations per birth because we use sex for, you know, social closeness. Oh, yeah. Which is, if you're going for, well, is it natural or not about homosexual activity within humans, shows that for the physical bonding and that for humans, that's the most important thing about sex is copulating in, in a way to bond to people who care about each other. Right. So, right. So, the, the, and, and I think there's something about um, not just humans and primates, but there's a general rule about testicle size versus promiscuity in a species. Well, the one study that I'm thinking about um, is... Um, Short talked about it, and Wicker talked about it. Basically, it's um, actually penis-to-testicle ratio size. Okay. Um, that in... So, here, I'll, I will set up a question for you. Which do you think, with a multi-male, multi-female society, a polygynous society, or a monogamous society, which will have the larger testicle-to-penis ra- testicle ratio? The polygamous kind of everybody having sex has larger testicles because they're having a lot of sex, so they need to produce a lot more sperm, where monogamous, they're having sex rarely, so they don't need to produce as much sperm, so they have smaller testicles? You're right, wrong reasons. It's more of a sign of... um... Sexual selection is not as much sperm, but as basically the bigger your penis, the more likely you are to have other resources, which for females is very important because they have to be able to, in most of these societies, um, with the exception of gibbons, which is the only, quote, other monogamous primate society other than humans, a lot of times the males have very little to do with the raising of, of the offspring. So, um, in these multi-male, multi-female, um, societies, the, the, the size of your penis is basically, it would be like the size of your checkbook here. Right. In our society. I guess I was just still thinking about testicle size, because I think that's still in there somewhere. Testicle size to body size, that ratio is also different. And the other part of this study especially with the bonobos going back to it is, is that because female bonobos leave their home group um, when they basically become of sexual maturity. 
Right, so it's it's not the young man, go and make out your fortune, go spread right. your seed. It's the women who leave the home group and right. find another young group. Young woman, so there's... go get your fortune, spread your egg. Um, and in <laughs> this an case, um, male bonobos are closely tied in rank via their mother's rank. Okay. Um, they're the ultimate mama's boys. They really are. <laughs> They don't do anything without mama's approval. <laughs> so for these females that come in and basically make the lot of calls, that's them signaling and raising up their social status within this large group. So if a newcomer comes into a group, nobody knows her, and maybe she's a, she's able to see the dynamics of the group and is able to have sex with, say, a mid-level female, right. she's going to say, hey, look, I'm... A- or, or, you know, near a mid-level female say, hey, look, I'm having sex. Don't you think I'm good? Yeah. You know. Pretty much it and is. And tries to climb this social ladder. Yeah. It's, you know, essentially bonobos climb climb the ladder on their backs. Or their fronts. No, or or yeah, on their genitals. So, yeah. Just like Hollywood. And in addition, in these, the especially like in these groups, because most primates have a hidden estrus. A hidden estrus. Estrus is You can't tell your, that they're having their period. No, you can't tell that fertile. they are fertile. Okay. So, um, with hidden... Physically. Hid, right. Hidden because fertility. Strippers, strippers can tell because they get more, they get more uh, tips. Okay. I've heard that same thing, too. <laughs> I don't know how much actual truth there is to it. I don't know. It, that yeah. was, yeah. Um, probably not replicated. Well... <laughs> or well, replicated, it just people don't talk about it. In, in the case of hidden estrus with um, primates, especially in these large groups, in chimpanzees, they will, if they don't think that they are the father of, you know, chimpanzee baby X, they're going to keep food away from that and everything else. In bonobos, the hidden estrus works, you know, it, it, because of their dynamics, it's slightly different. With bonobos having sex as much as they do, all the males have the potential likelihood of being bonobo ex baby daddy. Right. And so, so there's, there's much more sharing of resources um, in that respect. Hmm. So... So Lumber. I mean, they're getting resources from rising up on the uh, the social chain. In addition, the hidden estrus is helping them. Um, so basically, have multiple baby daddies, okay. even if so. Everybody's sharing food so that you you don't know who's your kid, so you're just trying to help the tribe. Yeah, and there's the the idea that um, you know be nice to the people on the way up because you know you're going to meet them on the way down, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, we were it's very socialistic. In talking about the hidden estrus idea, there is another article that uh, was, descri- was talked about on ScienceNow.com that basically um, Adam Pazda, a psychologist at the University of Rochester, New York, did a study where um, took the identical pictures of a woman in a white shirt and then they colored the white shirt red for a different version. And they showed the same picture just with the two different color shirts to guys and said, on a scale of one to nine, how keen you think the model is on romance? As in, do you think this woman wants to have sex? Well, that's different from romance. 
<laughs> yeah, they read a little bit into it, but you know, you tell a guy romance, they're going to think sex. We're <laughs> we're sexy primates. So they they found that is the topic of the show apparently. Yes, <laughs> they found that men in general. Now they it seemed like they only studied a few dozen men, so I'm not sure how it's much you can small. read into this. But they were saying that the men in general rated the women this the woman in the red shirt as one to one point five points higher on the scale of one to nine, and apparently that was statistically significant to say. Men think that women in red are more likely to be interested in sex, hmm. and that kind of, and they read a lot into that. In that, you know, when a primate and human primates are excited and you know interested, whatever they flush, and that's the the evolutionary psychology explanation for why women use rouge and lipstick um, to kind of signal that red image kind of like the the baboon's butt gets red when she is fertile right so you know some of this they're, they're explaining some of this as as hanging on from those you know those it's like a vestigial thing like the uh, appendix that it's just <laughs> hanging on that we think of as red as sexy right yeah i i i see some of it i don't like the because i only use 25 men I I don't like the actual numbers of the study. Yeah, it's no. it's a small study. It'd be kind of interesting. It's it's the kind of thing where it's a lot. It would be very easy to do this on more people because psychology one hundred and one is the study of freshman students. <laughs> yeah, right. But freshman psychology one hundred and one students are atypical for the rest of society. True, but if you study enough of and them, get you more get a better and more atypical. idea. They yeah. get more and more atypical as they go. I'm sorry, all you psychology people out there. What are you saying? <laughs> I was a psychology major. Nothing, beard boy. <laughs> but like I said, to me, this study, whereas it is nice to see some of this stuff formally written out, to me this is... Primatology 101 stuff. Hmm. Um, a lot of this stuff has been not necessarily formally identified. Or written about. It's, it's always been treated like an old wives' tale, that it's just something that we assume that, you know, the blush means that, you know, right. we're trying well, to get women res- to have sex right. with us. Um, I, I agree with you there. And also this stuff about bonobos. We know that bonobos have massive amounts of sex. We know this. Okay. Um, See, that's one thing. I don't know that they necessarily, the the description I get from them isn't necessarily them having a lot of sex. It's just that they're, they're, because they talk about touching the genitals a lot, which isn't necessarily sex. Right. And and maybe that's, that's putting a human perspective on it. It's erotica. <laughs> okay. It's like uh, the Skinamax um, films where more, you don't like really see the foreplay or, or something like that because you wouldn't necessarily call like foreplay or stuff like that sex. Well, unless it is... unless you're really getting into um, sex, I, I, I guess that there's a there's I, I'm I'm thinking that going up and diddling somebody for you know a couple of seconds, you know, saying oh I'm sorry, isn't really sex. 
Well, ask, just go ask Rick Santorum. If <laughs> two, anything, two guys rubbing each other's genitals even for 30 seconds, if that is Oh, okay. Well, okay. Right, because <laughs> right, a okay, lot of times right. what happens is, is like, I mean, there is male on male, male on female, right. and female on female. And the females will actually rub their genitals together until orgasm. And they'll be moving their hips you know, as if they're that, having sex. I understand that, but they sex. don't do that all the time. In other words, what what they say is like if there's been a fight like between an alpha and a non-alpha, the non-alpha will go over and you know rub the other the other one's genitals, but and they, they they're calling that sex, right? Well, For a couple of I don't know. I, the the difference is is that you don't see this in chimpanzees, you don't see it in orangutans, right. you don't see it in gorillas, you don't see it in gibbons. Right, and um, I understand that. Um, and it's pretty much very specifically genital. It's it's the GG rubbing and, and general stimulation, but it's right. not necessarily sex. Right. And then with <laughs> bonobo males, they'll stand face to face, and basically one will have one one hand on their penis, one will have their hand their opposite right. hand, and they'll back and forth. Right. You know. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, you know, and, it, and in the other apes that are not nearly as considered promiscuous, their sex is uh 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 done. Right. And that's all the sex they ever do. They don't touch genitals. They don't with each other. They don't right. ma- manually masturbate. They don't do any oral stimulation. It's all uh 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 done. And it's all male female. Right. Where there's a whole lot more that bonobos do. Right. Uh, right. And humans. Too. And it, it really is a definition of how you define sex. The, right. <clears throat> right. Exactly. I mean, is sex simply spooching? I mean, is that. There's, uh, a, well, there's a lot no, more romance but... involved in bonobo sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, they get a little Al Green plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's what I'm, I'm waiting for the. Uh, the bonobo equivalent of Al Green to get out there and croon. <laughs> but on a comparative scale, bonobos have sex, whether it is digital manu- digital or genital rubbing or however, much, much more than chimpanzees, orangutans, gorillas, and gibbons. And, and, and the big humans. point is that the whole point of it is for pleasing each other. Is is soothing hurts, relieving tension, uh, you know, dealing with social battles or something like that, or you know, just or just pair bonding. So okay. it's well, it's, I wouldn't I wouldn't say pair bonding. Well, because group cohesion, right? That I, I will give you because in primatology, the only groups other than humans that pair bond are. Gibbons. Right. I, I I know pair bond has a scientific term. I was referring it to as these two people are trying to get a, well, these two mo- apes are trying to get along. They are trying to bond with each other in a pair. They are not <laughs> bonding off and going okay. to Las Vegas to get married. Well, that would be that would be the incorrect use of pair bonding. I, I admit <laughs> my terminology was incorrect. I was trying to explain what I really meant by that. Okay. So my Excellent. my bad. All right. Well, well, I, I would like to are... go ahead. So, in talking about all this talk about bonobos having a lot of sex and, and... 
It's, Ooh, it's it, hot in here, is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> also, we know that human beings have a lot of sex. So much so that human being, modern human beings, we know for a fact now, by looking at the DNA, DNA, that modern humans had a lot of sex with Neanderthals. Anatomically modern human. Yes. A-M-H. So we know that the relation between anatomical modern humans and Neanderthals is is really intertwined because we humans want to have a lot of sex, so much so that we had sex with more than one Neanderthal. And apparently procreated, which yes. means that we weren't all that different of a species. Yeah. And, and I guess even if there were taboos between, like, oh, you don't want to have sex with them, they're kind of different. They're not the same kind of ape. Right. There were there was enough re, enough desire to break past those 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 taboos or whatever or just natural inclination of well you're not quite the same kind of monkey I am that we have one to four, but you're close enough the the kind of <laughs> the Middle Eastern slash European slash Asian modern humans have between one and four percent of our DNA shared with Neanderthals or Tals or Thals or whatever. Oh, I was going to say in response to you. <laughs> made the, the comment about um, how closely related we right? are. Um, that is actually a debate that has been going on for years in the anthropological community. Right, but, okay, but Whether it is, an, it really falls into that whole, are you a lumper or a splitter in regards to um, Linnaean classifications. Right, but, okay, you can't, because if they can interbreed, and they do interbreed, then they've got right. the same the same basic building blocks and right. It's right. it's, it's, not, not, it's the case not like of, a human having sex with a horse. Well, no, it's not the case of like uh, my be- example would be like a liger. Okay, yeah, you can because they're they're separate because basically because they're in different parts of the world or different parts. They're of the separate area. species well, because even when they do mate, it's a sterile. Output. They're they're okay, yeah, yeah, or a mule. Their okay, offspring yeah. are sterile. Right. So, but we don't know whether or not, of course. Well, the well, only, no, no, we, we we know that they interbred. We know successfully. because yeah, because yeah. we have Neanderthal DNA. So it's not it's not quite the same. Well, the whole part it, problem is that species is not as a straight line as right. we as we would Pretend like to, to think in an old sense of science. As this is this and that's that. Right. Never the twain shall meet. Because even the argument over the name classification for a Neanderthal is still going on. Whether, whether it is a, Homo neanderthalensis or Homo sapien neanderthalensis. Whether it's a subspecies or separate right. species that's just really damn close to us. Exactly. Because the same thing, like I said, it's the same case like we talked about with chimpanzees and bonobos for the longest time. It was assumed that they were just a subspecies as opposed to a completely right. separate one. But the important thing for this show is that Neanderthals may have been kind of, you know, not doing as well in Europe because of the Ice Age or whatever. Maybe they were dying out, and it seems that we fucked them out of existence. <laughs> Basically, well, I think that you know, I wouldn't say we fucked them out of existence. I think that we. No, no, I did. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I think that there was not simply just a matter of anatomically modern human coming in and fucking them out of existence. That there were a variety of factors in oh, addition, yeah. because. In addition to just, you know, screwing and making a lot more anatomically modern humans, there is that much competition for resources. And in the regards of Homo neanderthalensis, there 
their need for resources was much greater on an individual level mm-hmm. than anatomically modern human. Their size alone required them to have a 5,000 calorie a day diet in the summer, mm-hmm. going up to a possibly 8,000 during the winter, whereas anatomically modern human ranges from 2,000 to maybe 3,000. Right. So the competition for resources alone helped knock them out. And probably slightly better technology. And it sounds like from some other articles I've read this week that Neanderthals were on the decline already. They weren't out out of the count, but they were on the decline already. And we just kind of helped push them over the edge and fuck the shit out of them, apparently. Right, because actually their (laughs) technology, it is appearing, was kind of amazing um they were building boats they were building better stone tools better bone tools but once again more anatomically modern human more drain on resources more and as anatomically modern humans came into europe where they had been centered they basically pushed them up right into these colder environments where they needed more and just a domino effect Yeah. Good thing they didn't have smallpox blankets. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. So so is that it for primate sexy time or I you know I, I I think we've pretty much covered most of it. So I guess we've got just enough time for Greg, would you like to tell us what the lightning round is all about? Well, we realized nearly a year ago when we started doing the podcast, um, after we'd done it for a few episodes, we realized there's so many stories that we post to each other, either we email back and forth or we post to a website that we want to talk about, but we just don't have the time. We invented the lightning round, which is each of us gets 90 seconds per topic to talk about two, two different topics in a lightning round. To just kind of get out as much as you can about the subject in 90 seconds, and we move on and see what we can get through. So this week, we're going to start with Gary. Me! And you're going to tell us about... Tornadoes! Yay! A little bit. Oh. Oh. Yeah, well, um, last Thursday, uh, the United States Weather Service uh, issued a warning... For Friday, saying that there was there were going to be lots of tornadoes, that the weather conditions were ripe for tornadoes, or and very very likely that very be. likely. And I thought that was interesting because I don't remember hearing uh, so far in advance. Usually, when a storm comes up, they'll say, "Oh, this one has the potential of becoming into a storm," but this is like an entire day ahead of time. Usually, like a half an hour's notice, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe an hour or two if, if it's a big storm. So this is an entire day ahead of time. And so, uh, and apparently the, the weather was pretty nice in the places that they were saying. They were talking about it being uh, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, and some other places, according to the article. And they got it right, um, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> uh, well, fortunately, they got it right because they managed to warn people to be prepared because they had already been hit by storms. And there was some really big tornadoes that went through the areas that they were they were talking about. So big kudos to them, the weather predictors. 
they're they're starting to, or at least they got one completely, absolutely right. <laughs> not a not a not a great success, but you know, it's it's getting better, I think. So yay! Uh, hopefully, Science. we can look for uh, cooler stuff. There was some story on the news about some toddler being um, found in the wreckage or something, still alive. It was a miracle baby, then it died oh, no. the day later. <laughs> yeah, and her oh. whole family had been killed. She was essentially fatally wounded. It just took a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a really sad story, but unfortunately, you and, had a lot and there of, was a lot of when she was found, there was like God answers prayers and everything. <laughs> Apparently baby, he didn't answer all the prayers. Does baby really know how to pray? Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks for bringing down the story. <laughs> but yay, science. Yay, so, science. Donna, do you have something a little have, bit more uplifting? I wouldn't no. necessarily call this uplifting. <laughs> no. Okay, so we're not going to talk about primate sexy time anymore. No, oh. no more primate sexy time. Um, But... There's, there's a slight tangent to Primate Sexy Time with my story. Um, thanks to Richard Hannes, one of our listeners that we met at TFC. Um, apparently... He's British, you know. Yes. Member of Parliament Peter Bone, and I am not making that up, um, apparently believes that gay wedding plans are completely nuts. Um, <laughs> he said, gay, gay hey, wedding... He, 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 that's funny. He's, he's clever. Gay wedding planners are completely nuts? Or? No, just the planning of a gay wedding is completely nuts. Okay. From, from Apparently in England, there is a push to have gay marriage. And this guy has basically said, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman, blah, blah, blah. But his answer was, um, wouldn't it just be simple to write back and say marriage is between a man and a woman? So this is completely nuts against the people who are proponents for gay marriage. The home office is actually very pro-gay marriage. They are working on ways to divide the religious and the secular marriage laws, because apparently in England they're pretty intertwined, and have gay marriages so that everybody can be happy. But this guy, um, yes, Mr. Bone is... Simply an asshat. <laughs> like a lot of people in America. Well, I mean, the Catholic Church is also against it, and they, they Church basically said if you start if you start uh, defining marriage to be this, you can define anything to be anything right. you want. Dogs and cats living together. together mass hysteria. hysteria. Yeah. Well, this next story is kind of a little personal for me. Um, it's a story that's uh, there's a study to be reported in Behavioral Ecology. And um, a some researchers from Canada and New Zealand um, took some pictures of men from New Zealand and Samoa in you know neutral poses and in angry poses, but also had so those were two different pictures, two different test conditions. They also repeated those two te- test conditions after the um, subjects of the picture had had six weeks to grow out their beard, and they asked. Um, subjects, you know, several hundred women and also men for different different ratings. So they asked the women to rate the man in attractiveness. And, if, and unfortunately for me, a man with a beard, they found the clean-shaven men um, significantly more attractive. <laughs> well, that's true. I think Gary's more attractive than you. But. Well, okay. 
But on the plus side, both men and women uh, rated that men who had beards had a a higher set, a higher impression of gravitas, and also had an appearance of a higher social status, and they looked like they had earned more respect. So the idea being that you know you're if you're male, you've got the beard and you have kind of a social status look, but you don't have the status of actually getting the women. Hmm. Or the men, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I guess if you're into the story, sure. I, I don't know. I guess they need to redo the study with, with homosexual people to find out if they... Do rate... you really want to know? I'm curious. <laughs> I've only been hit on by a gay guy once. Maybe that's it the depends. problem. It depends on if you that's prefer... Twinks or bears, because, sweetie, you are a bear. Well, it's very flattering <laughs> to be hit on. And the fact that I've only been hit on once well, by you, a man. You, but, but you also don't go out <laughs> drinking, so... That's yeah. true, this wasn't a gay bar, so... <laughs> if, you want, a, if, you, if you want to get hit hit on by gay bars, um, you go down to that, dan- what, that dance club downtown. Uh, the Bonham? The Bonham. Bonham Exchange. The Bottom Exchange? No, Bonham. Bonham. Oh, okay. Well, well I, and then you go across the street to um, the annex. Is that the, gay, that, the lesbian another, bar? No, the, the big lesbian bar here is bring you to Triangle. <laughs> I think we're getting off topic. Yes. So to get us back on topic, we have Gary with a story about nightlife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Except not that kind of nightlife. At the uh, annex or the, B- the BBC? BBC. Uh, had an article about the myth of the eight-hour sleep, which is yeah, exactly. She basically said, uh, a long time ago, people used to have sort of two sleeps. You go to sleep for a little bit, and you wake up, and then you go to sleep for real, and you get a real nice deep sleep. Uh, and this was before there were uh Lots of candles and, and, and electricity to light up the, the night and everything. And so our sleep habits changed once we started getting ways to bring light into the darkness. No, this isn't a little sleep as in the siesta in the middle of the day. No, this is talking about, sleep. say, four hours, going to bed about seven or whenever the sun goes down, uh, getting about four hours of sleep, waking up, doing stuff for a couple of hours, wow. and then... Exactly, and then going back to sleep. In fact, one of the one of the things I said is uh, one of the references says that um, d- doing the thing uh, after the first sleep, you'll have more enjoyment and do it better. Uh-huh. Yes, which I kind of I, I kind of agree with that. I've noticed when when I have a, a break in the middle of the of the sleepy time and have the sexy time and then go back to sleep, it's great. Yeah, because you've had that little rest. You're ready to go. That's right, and you're still not quite quite awake, so everything's a little bit more better. Pleasurable. <laughs> okay. So I thought it was kind of an interesting article. So the idea is that we don't get an eight-hour sleep. We get a four-hour and then maybe a six-hour. What? More mm-hmm. than eight hours, less than no, eight no, hours? No, no, no. Eight, the, the eight the, hours in one block of time oh, okay. is a is a relatively recent addition. So it's more to, like you'd get four and four separated right. by an hour or two. Yeah, separate by not sleep. 
of a couple of Separated by sexy time. Yeah. Sexy time. If you're lucky. If some of us aren't so lucky. You still have sexy time. Never mind. (laughs) You you can still have sexy time. (laughs) Thanks to adamandeve.com. Go for it, Donna. (laughs) Well, you know, we've recently... Ash Wednesday, a bunch of Catholics decide, you know, have to celebrate the and everything else. Celebrate the uh, evil dead? Yep. And in Albuquerque, New Mexico, a man sat down for his Ash Wednesday dinner with his family, and his his Mexican food turned out to be soul food because he found the image of Jesus on a tortilla. <laughs> yes, because that never happens. Now, the thing about it is, is I'm looking at it, and I don't really see Jesus. I see Jerry Garcia. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Posted on our local news, some of the comments absolutely hilarious. This and is WOAI.com. WOAI.com. Our favorite news channel. I'm just going to read one. I'll see if I can get my southern accent going here, which I probably can't, so I'm just going to read it now. Just read it. I would like to have an opportunity to counsel this poor man and try to lead him away from the cult he is in and try to bring him to Jesus. The real genius, not a scorch on a tortilla. Also, with regard to the tortilla, it is an unusual shape that is not pleasing. The chef should apply herself and try to do better. These false Jesus sightings are induced by the devil who leads us unwary among the unsaved to believe they have seen Jesus. And then they proceed to make fools of themselves and to anger the Lord at the same time. Jesus does not appear in tortillas, stains, hubcaps, or anything else. Jesus will be back soon, and he will come as he was before the... I'm calling them all again. (laughs) Before the final battle... Prepare them, get right with Jesus, for the end is near, and do not seek the Lord in foodstuffs. Y'all. Foodstuffs, awesome. Uh, it's always, that, it's always fun, fun when believers fight with each other. It saves us a whole lot of time. Sure. You know, another comment is, so, born again, a burning bush is okay, but tortilla isn't. <laughs> I don't know, that's a, that's a pretty, kinda, good, pretty good likeness, pretty good pareidolia. I yeah, like it. I, I just... It's just, be, the, it's just a head, uh, just a floating head. Yeah. <laughs> The big giant head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Greg, what do you got? Um, I've got a clock that isn't working. Clock. I said clock with an L. <laughs> well, so much for <laughs> sexy time. <laughs> Damn, we're yes. not going to get that out of the won't be timing spot. it. <laughs> so, um, another story uh, given us to our uh, by one of our listeners, Richard Hannes, Um is regarding a trial that recently finished up in uh, England, uh, the trial of Eric Bikubi and Magali Bamu. Uh, Eric Bikubi, age 29, and Magali uh, Bamu, age 29, uh, from Newham, East London, were charged and convicted of killing their 15, of killing Magali's. 15-year-old brother, Christy. The boy drowned in a bathtub on Christmas Day 2010, but the drowning isn't actually the worst part of it. The This couple, the, the, the boy and two sisters had come to visit um, their sister, Magalie, on, on Christmas, and um, the guy, Eric, got it into his head that um, the kids were possessed by evil spirits and were trying to control another child in their family, and, se- and s- essentially that they were witches. And um, 
basically this guy proceeded to beat the three kids um, and torture them, deprive them of sleep, um, only to uh, the the two little girls who were um, actually weren't little girls at the time. They were like 20 and 21. They decided that they were going to confess to being a witch and they were kind of spared. But (sighs) the other boy, because he wet his pants, and I'm taking a mulligan on this one. Right. Um, was singled out as being worse than the other two. So the other two were told to help beat this child of 15. Uh, this is, uh, for any of you who are kind of slight of heart, you may not want to wish listen to the next couple minutes. Uh, they accused him, uh, Christie, of being a witch. He was beaten about the head and body with fists, a weightlifting bar, and then he was collapsed, bleeding and unconscious. And they said that this bleeding and unconsciousness was just the evil spirit leaving him, and they needed to continue the assault. So they used a claw hammer, knocking out his teeth. They smashed his fingers, his hands, his feet, his thighs, and even tried to shove the weightlifting bar down his throat. Then they proceeded to break ceramic tiles over his head and um, twisted his his ears with pliers and forced him to drink one of the other children's urine. What? All of this because they believe this child was a witch. And unfortunately, there's a big problem of this in England that's kind of a tip of the iceberg, iceberg problem yeah. where they only know of maybe, you know, 100 incidents in the last 10 years. But a lot of these communities from and, – and this family is from, I believe, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo, which we were talking about earlier, um, where their churches are very – very anti-witch, very you shall not suffer a witch to live kind of talk. And it absolutely makes me disgusted. At the same time, it's not entirely surprising when you have these supernatural beliefs that if you think someone is a witch that you're going to, or possessed by an evil spirit, this is where you're going to go. That's your next step. It's within that mindset, it's a logical choice. And... Unfortunately, right. you. this is one of those cases where you don't have the liberal religious people speaking out as much as they should because it's questioning the belief in witchcraft. It's questioning supernaturalism. And right. Well, we have in, in Texas, uh, I think, Helen Ocapabio or Ocapabio, whatever the hell her name is, a witch hunter who's pretty much – they're basically following her uh, creed is yeah. supposed to be coming to talk – in Texas, in Houston, May. in yeah. Houston, and I and think, and I think she a... didn't she also have something to do with um, Sarah Palin's church? Oh, that's I, a good question. I don't I, know. About I think that. she was one of the ones that Sarah Palin's church kind of. I I know Sarah Palin's church. There's a there's a YouTube video or whatever of Sarah Palin being blessed by a witch hunter. Yeah, but I think it's a different, a different person. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but it wouldn't surprise me. Right. Because, like I said, you've got all these various people who are believing these wacky, you know, Bronze Age, Stone Age beliefs about witches and sorcery or something. Or even just the Jehovah's Witnesses that come to my door here in San Antonio, Texas, saying, do you know about the dangers of witchcraft? And I respond to them, Harry Potter doesn't exist. Go away. You want you want to know how to, to, to solve that problem? Come to the door in my robe. Openly. I was going to say a towel. <laughs> They yeah. they don't come back. No. Yep. If you answer the door in a towel. 
I'm just saying. And no, this person did not have anything to do with Okay, so it was a different one. She's not even from the United States. There, there are a lot of American churches that are getting involved in African churches. Well, um, in African politics, and I, yeah, too. In, in, in inducing them to have anti-gay um, laws and stuff like that. In or Uganda. Su- yes, or supporting people like this Helen Ubaktu or whatever his name is. Pabio. Yes. And and basically supporting her financially, inviting her to the states to say this is someone you should listen to. It's well, I do absolute- know that I do know that when she comes to Houston, I will be there to protest. That is Yay. one of my plans. So, All right. it, and it's unfortunate that and we'll we'll talk about that more once we figure yeah. out the the plans on what her plans are, so you can follow her. Right. About it. Well, the other thing, there is a Facebook page. Um, stand up against Helen Mukaibo, run by um, acquaintance of the Skeptic Wire, Stacy Gonzalez, out of the Houston Atheists. So, <laughs> and she's been kind of targeted by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of the people right. who have tried to expose these witch hunters in in Africa are being uh, having a lot of backlash from these. Oh, well, sure, they'll, groups. they'll just be accused that they're witches. Yeah, well, it's, it's real easy. <laughs> it, it's also they're accused that, like there's one person who made a film about these witch hunters and how the children get caught in the middle of this. There are something like 200,000 kids out on the streets because they've been accused of sorcery or witchcraft. And the 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 response was, well, this guy is just anti-religion because he doesn't believe in God. You know, we don't actually we don't hurt children at all, but there the evidence is to the contrary. So it's it's a really sick situation. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's all about the idea of the tradition of we can still believe in these um, these old these old kind of, well, you know, it's tradition. It's okay. One of the things that made me sick about the story, sorry to go on a bit about this, but the judge in this case who ruled against her and these these this couple, both of them were sentenced to life. They had, the man has to serve a minimum of 30 years, the woman a minimum of 25, but they were sentenced to life. But the judge says, um, a belief in war- witchcraft, however genuine, cannot excuse an assault on another person or the killing of another human being. I agree with that, that you know, nothing can excuse the assault that was done on this child or any child who's accused of being witchcraft. But the idea that a belief in witchcraft could ever be genuine. I mean, it's they actually believe it, but that anybody would encourage this as an idea of, well, yeah, go ahead, believe in witches. There's, you know... Works for Christine O'Donnell. Yeah, the, the <laughs> idea that we can't say, no, there are no witches. No, there aren't leprechauns. You know, <laughs> that, uh, you know, there, there's... I just... Yeah. That pissed me off. <laughs> it makes us upset. It well, gets me yeah. angry, goddammit! Greg angry. Greg smosh. <laughs> Verbally. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. For yeah, all for ending us on things. a depressing note. Yeah, sorry about that. That's uh, twice he's, he's gone down that road. Monk- Thanks, appreciate that. Monkey sex time? Yeah, not working now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know, being killed for witchcraft took all the sexy time out of me. <laughs> Just think of Curious George having sex with Great Great Grape. <laughs> okay, that's a vision I don't want to have. <laughs> well, you're this not... This is think... better how? <laughs> it's funnier. 
Uh, Who's on top? Grape, grape, ape, or Curious George? It would have to be Curious George. It would have to be Curious George because Grape, grape, ape would kind of crush him. It's true. Grape, grape, ape could be coming from behind, and he's a gentle giant. Would you want that <laughs> much that note, penis I think we're coming end. at you? Yay! Thanks for joining us this week. We're going to stop on that uh, ruining but, childhood but memories. Friday we're out sexy of time. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Poop, poop. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. about milk no listeners you didn't miss anything through an edit point that really was Hold on. the transition he decided to use <laughs> well, I totally didn't mean it <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, I don't know what my transition's going to be now. No, leave that in. <laughs> yeah, um, so if you recall, if, if dear listeners, you recall last week, we had almost an entire episode on uh, talking about the raw milk controversy. It's primate sex at time. 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 It's primate sex at time.